to be If nothing, call it history And if you pick back up To claims you're not Everybody and welcome to the seventh episode of Pod Charge, the show where we sometimes talk about important things, but more often go on tangents about things that we don't really understand why we go over on tangents on. Like, why do fat chance and slim chance mean the same thing? You know, you're asking all the important questions that I never took any time to think about. So, I appreciate you for that, Judge. That's the purpose of the show. And yes, I am one of your hosts, the Judge. Here with Crow, who is the least likely person to be called Dirty Harry. <laughs> well, I think the odds of being called Dirty Harry just went up after that, but appreciate it. Slip into our DMs after the show and we'll explain the reasoning behind that, because I'm not honestly sure what it is yet either. <laughs> you want to explain why they got to slip into our DMs? I don't really want to explain it, but I would love <laughs> if people slipped into our DMs. It would make me excited in more ways than one. Anyway, we got a good show planned for tonight. We say that every time, but it really is a good show. And we're going to get into our main topic in a minute, but of course, to get there, we've got to go through Rental Rave. <laughs> Dude! <laughs> Bra! Oh no! <laughs> it's going to be good. You <laughs> You can tell it's going to be a good episode already. So, you know, Crow, I think you've got an update to something that you said in last week's episode. <laughs> yeah, so last week um, I mentioned that I owned a Santa hat in RuneScape. Um, and after the show, I kind of questioned myself. I was like, was it 100 mil? That feels like it might be lowballing it. So I uh, did some research on the uh, the RuneScape market and... Uh, you want to take a guess how much how much I was off by? How much that Santa hat, which I bought for 14 mil and sold for 29 mil, is actually worth now? I would be willing to bet that it is significantly off. Yeah, so um, fucking last week I mentioned how on RuneScape I had sold my Santa hat for, uh, what was it, 14? No, I bought a Santa hat for 14 mil, sold it for 28 mil, and I thought that it ended up shooting up to like 100 mil, and that's why I quit playing RuneScape. You want to take a guess what the actuality of that situation was? Because I did a little bit of research because I was curious. Because I was like, oh, well, maybe I'm like lowballing it. Um, and I lowballed the hell out of that number. You're probably significantly off. Like 400-ish mil? Oh, don't give me that shit. You know damn well it's more than that. It was fucking 629.7 mil. That's how much it was for. Ooh. So my, my ranter rave is basically just me apologizing for my inaccurate information last week because i was hella off and even more pissed about the situation than i've been since i stopped playing i would recommend that you probably don't play the stock market <laughs> nah, nah nah i'll be i'll be i'll be fine with the real stock market how bad could it be yeah when it's real money yeah no worries then nah yeah i truly feel for you man that's that's unfortunate I didn't have an I didn't really take a loss that big whenever I played RuneScape, I don't think. But some some of those other uh some of those other holiday items are even more expensive though. Like whenever I looked up Santa hat, I saw that there was a black Santa hat cuz I had completely forgotten about the uh the party crackers that they used back back when. Um 
and those things are ridiculous. It, it's like literally like two point something bill. That's ridiculous. No telling how much the party hats themselves are worth and the the crackers that they came in. The Christmas crackers, I think, were worth more than the actual party hats because there can still be a few more party hats, whereas the crackers are only getting less and less if you know people decide to use them. Yeah. Oh, dad economy dough. Dad economy dough. It was very, it was very broken. Speaking of broken, you like you like the segue there? Yeah, I like it. It's nice. So Crow and I. We played a little bit of Diablo 3 over the weekend. Just a little, though. Not much. <laughs> I say a little. I mean, we steamrolled through we, the We beat the entire like, fucking game in one day, basically. I mean, yeah. I'm kind of ashamed, but at the same time, that's really impressive. Yeah. The worst part is we started off thinking there was only four arcs, because uh, Judge had played back when it was like just on the PC, I think. Like when it first came out on the PC. And uh, they've added a fifth arc, or fifth act since then. So, uh... By that point, we were just like, no, we're going to get through this. We really went hard on that, and it honestly made me feel like fatigued and sick after. That's how much we played it. <laughs> so, But this is actually, I mean, it's kind of a rant slash rave in a way. It's kind of both, because I'm pretty sure we broke the game. Either that, or we weren't playing it correctly. <laughs> nah, either we broke the game, or it was just getting glitchy after us playing it for so, so long. Cause, uh, that could be it. Yeah, like about, what, four or five hours in, we, we started noticing like the bosses that we that we would go up against would start with like a fourth of their health already down, if, if, not, if not more. That's definitely, yeah. Well, I think what happened was I played as a noble crusader and Crow played as a decrepit necromancer. Ooh, actually, to be fair, the necromancers are freaking awesome characters. He had some of the coolest moves in the game. Uh but anyway, so we were playing as two of the, I, I mean, I think that they're probably some of the best classes, but uh, yeah, these bosses were just like, we were defeating them in like 10 seconds. And so, and we were playing on hard, which we were judging the game based on like other video games difficulties. So we thought hard would actually be hard, but this is talking about a game Diablo has. 13, di 13 difficulties, not including the hard mode. Or uh, the, the hardcore mode. It's ridiculous. It's like normal, hard, master, uh, torment, torment one, to all the way up to torment 13. It's just like, that's crazy. So I think we were probably playing on a difficulty that was a little below us. But the point is, we were decimating everything. And it was actually really enjoyable. We were laughing. We got some good, <laughs> good, it good wasn't, footage. It wasn't that. just that we were decimating everything. It was that they were like decimated before we even started like doing anything to them. We were decimating them before they even had a chance to do anything to us. It was a joke, really. We made that game bend over for us, basically. So yeah, those were really the main two things that we had to talk about in Ranter Rave, which gives us a good segue into our week in review. Uh, I don't actually know about this one that much, but I thought it was funny enough to include. Apparently KFC and PUBG had a partnership on Twitch um, that was really quickly shut down because they had some sort of like... On Twitch you can get these emojis that you can spam in the chat. Um, and one of them was like a bucket of KFC chicken. And that really quickly turned racist. 
<laughs> so that partnership actually ended pretty pretty about abruptly because of that. I thought that was funny enough to include in here. Yeah, that's that's so. that's pretty that's pretty solid. It doesn't surprise me either. No, Twitch is that's been happening a lot on Twitch. Yeah. So um, I know you don't play Dissidia, and I barely play it enough to qualify as playing it, but. Uh, Dissidia just announced the first of its, uh, I think, six DLC characters that they're, like, for sure, that, that, that they've, like, definitely confirmed with a season pass. Um, there's probably going to be more in the future, but for the first six, they've announced the first one, which comes out, I think, this month. Uh, and it's uh, Vayne Solidor from Final Fantasy XII. That's pretty cool. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, this is the first, uh, this is the first time that Vayne's going to be, like, a playable character. Which, you know, I keep holding out for Seymour Guado, but we'll see. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Seymour will come eventually. He seems like he would be a shoe-in, really. Okay, so they also announced that Dragon Quest Eleven is coming over here to the States, which is pretty cool. A lot of people are pretty excited about... Eleven? Eleven. Wow. Yeah, I know. They're getting up there. A really famed series over in Japan. I mean, they're, those games are freaking huge over there. I think eight or seven. It was seven or eight was like really, really, really huge over there. Like cult status. But anyway, they said it's going to be a while before it comes over here. But it is coming. So that is notable. Yeah, it's kind of funny to think about too. Because like we think of like all these all these popular video game franchises. Um, and somehow it feels like Dragon Quest is easy to forget about. Even though it's definitely up there. Yeah, I mean, I personally don't have any experience with it. Well, I say that. I have a little bit of experience with it. I got, I think it, it was a PS2 game. Uh, the I think it was 7 or 8, actually. Um, I got it at a yard sale for like a dollar. Or my mom got it for me at a yard sale for a dollar when I was a kid. And I didn't really like it that much. But it's actually worth a little bit now. And I don't have it anymore. So I think, there's that. I don't remember which one it was, but I think it was also for the PlayStation. That was one of the few demos I've actually ever played. Oh, well. Hmm. And it wasn't half bad, but again, it was a demo, and I was very foreign to the concept, so uh, I was kind of pissed off whenever that was it. There's supposed to be really solid, long <clears throat> JRPGs, but... Yeah, that would have been my... That that would have definitely been my speed back when I was, like, younger, but now it would probably take too long for me. Ah, uh, maybe this will be the one that gets me into the series. Maybe yeah. you too, but maybe. we've got a backlag. Or a backlag. Backlog. Backlog. I, I like backlog too, though. Actually, kind of Sounds makes like. sense because we're you know talking about video games. Indeed, I see. Speaking, speaking of video games, yes. You know that's our whole podcast essentially. Um, Overwatch Uprising events is starts tonight. Is it? Is it already started? Is it up? Uh, the patch went live, but good God, it's twenty two yeah. gigabytes. So yeah, today's today's April tenth. If we didn't already say what the day was, um, and yeah, the uh, retribution skins that have been announced so far, they look amazing. I have never been so tempted to play Overwatch. I well, I say that I <laughs> like it a lot, but the thing is, I've never seen so many good skins come out of one patch. So, I mean, yeah, there's usually event. usually just like one or two like really good skins and then the rest are like, "Eh, I, I kind of want those two, but mm. all of the Blackwatch skins look solid. The Black Talon Watch, skins Talon. 
they look good too. And for some really weird reason, they threw in another Lucio skin, which I don't get why Lucio got. Why does he have so many skins? I didn't even see that one. So. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's not bad looking, but I think he already has like more skins than like maybe every other character except Tracer. Yeah, I was gonna say Tracer by far has the most skins, but. Well, you say by far. I don't think it's most legendary or the it. most orange yeah, yeah, yeah. skins. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But So yeah we'll, yeah, we'll definitely be playing that and I'm excited. I actually read uh one of the Overwatch uh comics, the one that came out regarding the uprising or retribution or whatever it was. Um and it was actually pretty decent. I, I really want to read a lot more of those now. I hear good things about the comics, but I've never read them myself. Yeah. I mean like I think getting into the comics you can easily get excited for the possibility of a lot more characters that might or might not ever come you know to the game itself um you know something something interesting to get your to get your hopes up for yeah and i mean even though they don't focus on the story very much i think that they've got a really interesting lore behind the game so really since that's probably i mean that's like the primary method or means of getting lore outside of you know these specific story events that they put in like the one that's going alive today i mean that seems like something i'd be all over yeah you would have liked the comic too it's got a special focus on uh, reaper and mccree whenever they were in black watch i'm definitely gonna have to look into that yeah get a little teaser of their skins too sweet so yeah we'll keep everyone updated on that as we get more experience with it yes and uh we we skipped a week so this isn't quite as relevant now but we were we were going to talk about april fools you know yeah because that was a thing (laughs) it was and there were some interesting or pretty pretty funny april fools jokes that were being passed around that specifically related to pop culture um one of my favorites that i thought was just stupid was there was a (laughs) Sony kind of joked that they were going to have a PlayStation board game, which, I mean, I don't know. Just that concept to me was really funny. I mean, they I, 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 I could see like that a... working in like Monopoly or something like that, especially if we have like, we could have a Nintendo themed Monopoly, a Sony themed, a Xbox themed. I, I could see it working. I mean, they've already got those too. I mean, yeah. they've already got a Nintendo Monopoly and they've got like Nintendo Yahtzee, I think, too, <laughs> which is. I mean, that's not even one that would really work that well, but they've got it. Um, (laughs) So, anyway, I thought that one was funny. Um, This one was just plain stupid, too. Tekken Tekken has crossovers. We actually talked about that a little bit, or you talked about that point a little bit a couple weeks ago on our crossover episode. (laughs) They joked that there was going to be an Eevee X Tekken crossover, which is just really funny and stupid to think about. Pokemon Eevee. Eevee? The, the Pokemon Eevee. What the hell? I mean, yeah, it's so stupid that it doesn't even... It, that's why I was laughing. I was just like, this is so dumb. Beautiful. But Blizzard, Blizzard, you know, makes a lot of... They make a lot of uh, April Fool's jokes. Did you see this one? Nah, I haven't seen any, I haven't seen any April Fool's jokes with Blizzard. Oh, it's, it's stupid, too. It's a, you know, Dance Dance Revolution, really big dance game that was like a craze whenever we were kids. Uh, they had a World of Warcraft DDR game that they Beautiful. were teasing was going to come out, and uh, yeah. Beautiful. I saw, so uh, I, I saw a few April April Fool's jokes myself. Um, the my, I think my favorite one was somebody was teasing, oh my god, Netflix is making an Overwatch series, 
and like they have like a four minute long video and i was like oh fuck yeah and i like looked at it not realizing what day it was and it was just like a compilation of a bunch of snippets from the uh, animated shorts that they've done so far and it was pretty well done too like if you hadn't seen the shorts you might actually think that this was going to be a thing but as soon as i saw it i was like ah they got me so <laughs> Uh, the other thing, uh, Toonami. Did you watch? Did you watch Toonami on April Fools? I didn't watch it, but I heard everyone freaking out over what they did for it. Yeah, so they they showed. Uh, well, I heard about this. I didn't actually watch this because I I generally skip uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventures just because I've already seen the entire series. Yeah, don't give me that look. I've already <laughs> seen the whole series to date, so I, I I don't need to see it again. I'd rather be playing games during that. You can never get enough JoJo. 30-minute time slot. Um, but apparently, since that was like from midnight to 12.30 uh, East, East, Eastern time, whenever they showed that, uh, they showed uh, Fooly Cooly Season 3, Episode 1 for that 30-minute time slot. Um, yeah, everyone was freaking out about that. Yeah, people love themselves from Fooly Cooly, which, honestly, that's, that's one that I've never gotten into. Like, I've watched a few episodes, and I was like, uh, I could see it being a thing, but it, it, it's something that I need to give like a solid chance because it's it, it's the type of thing I would like, but I just haven't, you know, really given it a, a sufficient chance yet. Um, so yeah, Fooly Cooly season three episode one, uh, and then they also had a it was a movie called Mind Game, uh, which was playing like the entire thing like Fooly Cooly and Mind Game. I'm assuming. The entire program was subbed rather than dubbed, like it usually is, and which uh, is awesome. Yeah, no, I love I love subs, but it was kind of trippy to see Tom in, with a Japanese voice rather than uh, rather than his his usual English dub that I'm that I'm accustomed to. But uh, man, Mind Game, I was blown away by it. Like it was it was one of the weirdest, most psychedelic anime I've ever seen, and I loved it. It's really hard to explain, but I would definitely give it a chance if you ever if you ever come across an opportunity to watch it. Yeah, I didn't. I don't really know anything about it other than what, <laughs> other than your really interesting explanation of what how trippy it was. Well, <laughs> like even even without talk, like so the graphics, the artwork, the the music, like all of that stuff made it extremely psychedelic. But even without that, just the story itself was a trip. Like, it's about a guy, you know, mild spoilers, but, you know, you could probably get this in a general summary of it anyway, so not too much. Um, a loser gets reunited with the woman that he loves and then fucking dies, like, immediately. And he basically runs away from God, comes back to life at a time right before he died, and then decides to live his best life. And while he's running away from from the mafia, he he gets swallowed up by a fucking whale. What the heck? It's, and this is this is just general story. Like this isn't even this isn't even referring to like the artwork or anything like that. Like the art is what made it really weird. But yeah, it was it was great. It was I have no regrets about watching that at all. Like I. I went back and deliberately watched like multiple scenes because I was like, did I did I see that right? I feel like I'm missing a ton of shit right now. Um, and like the montages that go through, like you you literally have to like stop it and look at it because there's so much 
shit that you can miss if you're not paying attention. So I might have to look into that. I strongly recommend it. Um, so yeah, April Fools. Yeah, <clears throat> two weeks late. Yeah, sorry about that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, just a, it's just a week late now, isn't it? Uh, I guess. <laughs> you know why not? I, I I can't keep track of the time or day. I can keep track of the day that the Persona 5 anime premiered, because that was three Ooh! days ago. Yeah! yeah. It's awesome. We love Persona 5. I've been hyped for this anime ever since they announced it, and it looks pretty dang great. And that... Oh, fuck. It already came out, didn't it? Yeah, three days ago. Well, uh... <laughs> I'm torn, because I really want to watch it, but I also would rather wait until it's done. Exactly. It's on Crunchyroll, by the way. Yeah. You gotta have an account for that, don't you? I don't think so. No? Free. You can watch it for free. Really? Pretty sure. That's where I watched, you know, whenever they did their teaser before the game came out, like, uh, it was like a 20-minute episode prequel to the game happening. I watched it on Crunchyroll for free. I did not know that. I forgot what it was called. Phantom Breakers or something. I don't know. It's still on there if you want to go watch it. But anyway, uh, yeah. the anime. I might, I might have to do that. The actual anime came out, so. Yeah, I still haven't platinum the game yet, which I, I picked it back up last night because I was like, I really need to do this. It's been a year since it came out, and I've still got two left. But fuck the grind. It's a big game. It's a big game, and I'm on my third playthrough. I've only played through it once, which is odd for me because with the Persona games, I play through those several times. They're so fun that How it's kind of hard to not. How many times did you go through not... Golden? <laughs> Too many to count. It was pro- probably six, six or wow. seven. Yeah, I've put way too many hours into that game, but it was worth it because it's an amazing, amazing game. So yeah, maybe maybe it'll justify me buying a Vita one day, or maybe they'll finally port the damn thing. Well. Golden is a port, so... No, Golden. Golden's PSD more game. of a remaster, or remake, or whatever you want to call it. They added a pretty significant chunk of content to it. Like, yeah. without a doubt, I think it. Well, it's by far the definitive version of the game. Uh, added new music, which is really... The music that they added is really good. Anyway, not, I could go on about that forever. We may have to revisit yeah, I'm just, that. I'm just talking a about a episode. direct port. I don't, like, they don't need to do anything additional to the game now that they've got Golden but I would like to see it mm-hmm. on the PS4. Great game. It would encourage anyone to play it because it's got a phenomenal story. And I will harp about Persona 4 for all of my days. It's that good. Absolutely. So. I didn't I didn't even play near as much as Judge did for uh, Persona 4. I haven't played Golden at all. I played the original Persona 4, and I, I was the one that told you about it, wasn't I? Or had you already uh, played it by that point? You told me about it, and one of our friends that worked at GameStop uh Uh-oh. told yeah. was like begging me to play it i mean he practically that was after he highly suggested Catherine to me and i was just like this guy knows good games so i'm gonna trust and i jumped on it and it was with i mean yeah just as good if not yeah, better so like even without me having played through uh the original persona 4 nearly as much and having never played gold and i can still say honestly like it's and I, I, I've played through Persona 5 so many times, and I love it to death, but Persona 4 is probably objectively... I mean, it, I guess it depends on like the story that you're looking for, but Persona 4 has more of the elements that typically make up a better story. If, I guess. Indeed. 
But yeah, that's the Persona 4 rave for the episode, because it feels like I always want to throw it into an episode. So, Moving you know. on. Moving on. Uh, I'm just going to throw this in. It's not really... It's just a tech thing that I thought was interesting. Uh, Google is implementing a plan to make what they call rolling study halls. So for people like me who grew up in really rural areas, they're making it so that they're equipping like school buses all over the country uh, with internet so that students who don't have internet at their house can, you know, use their Chromebooks or their computers and work on homework on their commute to school. You know, I think this is cool because whenever I was young, you know, I rode the bus and it was about an hour to an hour and a half every morning to get to school. And I didn't really do anything because back then we didn't really have much to do, but you know, <laughs> that's such a cool idea. Like, Oh, it's a, it's a cool idea, but it kind of cracks me up because when you think of things that school buses need, uh, Wi-Fi isn't generally top of the list. Well, I think that they're trying to make some other changes to them too. Just like quality of life things for kids to make it. I don't know for, for places like where I grew up, probably not going to see that for a long time but no probably not can be optimistic you i know, thought it we, was cool we still had our card games and our game boys for the bus rides yeah i game can't Boy tell Advance, you i can't SP. tell you how many times I, I, i'd be playing magic uh magic the gathering on the school bus and like me and like another kid would be like seated on the floor with our cards in their in our seat and then the bus would come to a sudden stop and all our cards would go flying and we're just like no we did that too i would just be sitting and sitting in the seat playing uh night or nightmare in dreamland or whatever on the sp and uh oh, pokemon yes. emerald and oh shoot golden sun was, golden sun and legacy of goku were my favorites to watch like other people yeah. play yeah i watched uh I watched one of my best friends from childhood play the, uh, Legacy of Goku 2, like religiously, yes. every single day. It was like watching it. It was like whenever I would come home and like jet onto Toonami, like I would look forward to it that much. So, Oh, yeah. I would I would legitimately be really depressed whenever my friends that had Game Boys weren't riding the bus with me. Yeah. But yeah, just wanted to throw that in. Fun thing. Good times. Good Things times. that you do on school buses that aren't. They're actually productive, I guess. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like that would make a good uh, uh, family feud uh, topic. Things you do <laughs> on school buses. That's an interesting uh, accent that you gave the host of Family Feud. Yeah, I forgot what Steve Harvey sounded like for a brief moment. <laughs> That's okay. So, yeah. You know what that means? What does that mean? It means we can move on to our main topic. Hey, and what is our main topic? Our main topic... The good, the bad, and the ugly of minigames. Minigames. Mini you know, games. whenever we came up with this topic, I thought of that meme with Exhibit where he's like, you know, we put we put a game inside of your game, so now you got a minigame inside of your game. You know, that's what I felt like. Because minigames, it's kind of like an Inception sort of thing going on with that. You've got all these things that they cram into games that are typically not you know, not another game, but then you throw these mini games in and I just, I've never been really a big fan of them. <laughs> Dude, what cracks me up is like a lot of mini games essentially amount to playing like a retro game inside a, a modern day AAA game. Like I, I don't, I haven't played like a whole lot of Grand Theft Auto recently, but uh, whenever I was going through Bully for the Platinum, I noticed that because it had a few mini games inside it. And I was like looking at them like, 
damn, this is like the kind of shit that would be on Tetris. Like, I, I feel like I've played some of these before, actually. Um, and I think a lot of mini, I, I mean, there, there's different games that have like more, like a modern twist on mini games now, but like a lot of mini games that you see are essentially just an older game stuffed into a newer game or maybe an indie game. Whenever you mentioned that, I thought of like, uh, so like Animal Crossing, I didn't put this on our list, but it reminded me the original Animal Crossing that came out on the GameCube, it had a, like, you could decorate your house in that game and you could get like an NES, an original Nintendo Entertainment System and put it in your house and you could buy cartridges and put them in and you could like play actual NES games in Animal Crossing through that item. So I thought that was cool. Those were technically mini games. Probably some of the best like implementations of mini games are interesting because it blew everyone's mind whenever that game came back out or came out back in the day. Yeah, man. I mean, it depends on the mini game that you're playing. Like some of these mini games are fucking infuriating. But some <laughs> of them, some of them are really fun. Like I, I, I don't know. I might be biased. I feel like Nintendo has a pretty good track record with mini games, though. Like yeah. Like whenever, whenever I was a kid, <laughs> it's funny now because it's one of the things that like silver and gold got like a lot of uh, controversy over. And I, maybe even the original yellow, blue, and red, but the the gambling. <laughs> Game Corner. <laughs> yes, Game Corner. I felt like a fucking man. I felt like a G when I went in there and got and like gained enough token tokens, token yeah tokens from uh from the cards or the coins or whatever the fuck it was. I don't even remember at this point, but get enough for those TMs and that valuable those valuable Pokemon. The fucking po- yeah, Ponygon. No, Polygon. Porygon. It was Porygon, wasn't it? Polygon. Porygon. Porygon, I believe. I don't but... remember how. Yeah, but yeah. He was the most expensive. It was. And then I think uh I think I think that was the original one actually. And then the newer one well the newer one I keep saying the newer one. <laughs> the second second generation games, I think they had an item that you could equip to Porygon to get Porygon two, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So yeah, man, that, that shit was rewarding as hell. It was fun. Like, I, even if there wasn't was a prize, like, I would have enjoyed it. It was so addicting because it was like actual gambling. Yeah, except, you know, you weren't actually betting money. You were just getting the, the dopamine hit from it. And then, you know, I said I said Nintendo does a pretty good job. Like, you know, Mario, Wario, uh, Yoshi, Donkey Kong. Like, all those games have had some type of mini game in it that just... It's fun. It's fun to do different things with the characters you like besides just jumping around, stepping on things. And I'm, you know, you mentioned that just now that Nintendo has a pretty good track record with it. Perfect example. They make a series of games that are just mini games. WarioWare, those titles, they're just mini games, yeah. but people love them. They're so fun. They're like five or 10 second mini games that you just do in quick succession. And they're fun. I mean, it's a really great game. Yeah. I always. I always had a pretty a pretty shoddy opinion of Wario until I actually played one of the games, and like you know the the actual game itself was fairly fun, but the mini games it had like it had like ten half a dozen to a dozen mini games in it that like all of them were fun. They got a little infuriating sometimes when they're the difference between me and progressing, but overall yeah, yeah they were they were they were pretty tight. Um, 
you mentioned uh, earlier, you mentioned Kirby, Nightmare in Dreamland. Did you ever get to the, uh, I'm, I'm assuming you beat the game and unlocked uh, Meta, what's it called? Meta Nightmare? Meta Knight. Meta Knight. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, you could, I guess that's, it would be arguably, but you would, you could arguably call that entire storyline a mini game because it's just a speed run with a different character. And he was a cool character. I mean, he was such a cool character. Oh, he yeah. He felt like a boss whenever you got him. I mean, he other than other than King DDD or whatever and and whatever the fuck you fight after him, he's he's like the last boss, right? I don't remember. It's been so long. I don't even remember. You do fight him, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He he's one of the he's one of the final boss. I think he's the third last boss that you fight if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Well, he's the coolest boss. That's oh, what by matters. Far. By far. <laughs> once you actually get once you actually unlock him like i was like man this is a suave motherfucker look at this sword tricks man yeah that's a good point it i mean he was an awesome character and i'd i'd honestly kind of forgotten about that all i was gonna say was i just remember that they had legitimate mini games in those in uh nightmare and dreamland or whatever and there's one that i remember that i haven't even mentioned to you um it was a uh it was like a quick draw, like samurai thing. Oh yeah, you remember I that? About that. I yeah, about that. That was intimidating, and you, and you could link cable with someone else, and you could go against them. Yeah, in that basically like rock paper scissors, but with weapons, right? It was like you were a Kirby that had. It was like a fan. You had like a fan, and you would like go against someone else, and as soon as it would pop up and say draw. You'd you'd hit the button and whoever hit it fast would turn around and slap the person faster. It's such a simple concept, but it was so fun to go against your friends with. I, I forgot mean, about just... that. I actually never got to go up against any of my friends with it because none of my friends that I played games with had Nightmare in Dreamland. But I you may I, have been able to play it on the same console. Honestly, I just don't remember. Well, I, I did it with um, like with with the uh, AI several times. Um, I had a lot of fun doing that, if I remember correctly. Even fucking Meta Knight is one of the people that you can do it against. Yes. So. And I feel like, I think that was a game also, correct me if I'm wrong, you could run through it with a, I think you could run through it with a friend if you linked with their Game Boy too. Yeah, you could, because I, I remember seeing that you get like, uh, the, you get different colors of Kirby. You get like the pink, the yellow or orangish, the green, and I want to say the red. I thought that was so awesome. Yeah. Growing up. Kirby's a freaking great concept. Anyway, yeah, probably gushing on that. I just a remember bit. that. What um, else? Okay, here. So here's one. I've actually got two that I probably have the most experience with that I'm just going to throw out now for being some of the best or most addicting mini games I've ever played. Um, first one I'm going to mention is the hacking mini game from Bioshock. I don't. Have you ever played Bioshock? I have not. Ooh, you would freaking love it someday whenever you get the time i know it's gonna be a long time you should definitely play it but there's a mini game and i know it's based off of a different i mean it's kind of like what you said at the beginning where they're kind of like based off of retro games it's based off of kind of like a retro game where like it's like a pipe thing you gotta like run a pipe and it's a puzzle right so the water there's like whenever you hack into something in the game it'll water will start siphoning in from like a part of the screen and you've got maybe like five to 10 seconds to like get your bearings and look at the pieces that you've got the socket bearings or whatever. And you have to like put them in the right spots to like snake it, snake the water around to the exit siphon 
or whatever at the another part of the grid. It's in a square. And um, it was just so it was so addicting because they put like blocks in your way and you had to be creative in the way that you used your pieces to snake the pipe around and get it to the exit. And it, it felt like really satisfying whenever you were able to do that. And it was addicting. Like I actually liked doing the hacking in that game and I would hack everything. You got experience for doing it. It was fun. So I'll, I'll have to take you at your word on that one. That's the first one, and the second one that I probably have the most experience with, and this isn't a surprise to you, knowing how much I love this franchise, or this series, Gwent from The Witcher. Like, um, I generally hate card games, or like any, I know that Final Fantasy has some card games, or like, you know, peace games, like Final Fantasy VIII has their, uh, I forgot, what is, oh shoot, Cat's gonna kill me. They've got their implementation of like kind of a card game in there. Uh, but Gwent is a card game minigame that is actually done right. Super fun. So good that they made it into an actual game that you can download on your Xbox One, PS4, or PC right now, and it's also a really good game. But, yeah, simple concept. You get a deck of cards, and basically the goal is you've got two or three rounds, depending on what happens, um, and you just have to get a higher score than your opponent. And, uh... Yeah, it's simple concept, but really fun. I'm oversimplifying it right now because I don't want to go on about it forever, but it's a good game. Probably my favorite mini game in recent years. So Yeah, I mean, you, you said it just with um, the fact that it could merit its own like standalone game, aside from The Witcher, is, is pretty telling of how, of how much people like it in the first place. Um, and it's kind of funny because you mentioned uh, you mentioned Gwent being a card game with the witches done right. Um, the first thing that I thought of when I thought of mini games kind of done wrong was a uh, a card game on Dot Hack GU uh, called Crimson Versus, um, which people might dispute that. Like some people might enjoy it. Me personally, I wasn't about it. It, it was uh, it was a game that I wanted to like, but essentially you get cards with different stats and values or whatever, but you're not actually playing the game yourself. Like you're just trying to, you're just trying to make a well-balanced team and you leave the team and then you like, you go play the game. And then whenever you come back, you find out that you've like won 70 games and lost 65 or something like that. And you can go back and look at why you won or lost, but you can't do anything to influence it while you're quote unquote playing. And it was just, uh... It, it it was something I really wanted to like, but I just I couldn't get into it. I don't know anything about it because I've never played a dot hat game, but I can definitely I can follow you up on one of the most annoying No, not one of the most, the most annoying and stupid minigame that and I think we may be able to agree on this that I've ever played. And that's that stupid freaking Chocobo racing from Final Fantasy Ten. Oh, absolutely. I will okay, good. 100% agree with you on that. I am glad that you agree with me on that because I have never been as inferior. Like I said, there's a reason why I don't really like to try out and play mini games, and this is one of them. I hated this freaking mini game. It was the most infuriating thing ever to try to get like zero seconds. That was so. Oh my god! Wait, here, no, here's what here's what makes it bad though. Like it, it's bad enough that you got to go for zero second. Like so, for people unfamiliar with it, 
Um, chocobo racing is essentially you're riding a chocobo through a plant like a, a vast plains, um, which would normally probably take about what forty seconds, fifty seconds, maybe maybe thirty something if you're going like really quickly. Um, it, it takes a little while to cross the whole area, but there's fucking birds flying at you trying to hit you. Each time it hits you, it knocks off three seconds. Plus, there's like an additional second or two for stun time. You got to pick up balloons to knock off seconds. Um, you're you've got like this invisible barrier that you can't see that's keeping you from going around certain things. Um, and to me, this in my opinion, this is the worst part about it. The fucking the lack of like the quality of life that they're missing is you can't just restart the game at random. You have to actually finish the damn thing. So like even if you know that you fucked up and you you can't just quit right then and there like you. You would have to shut the entire system off or finish it through to the end and find out you got a time of like 80 seconds or something. Uh. So, yeah, like, you know, if you're going to have a really annoying minigame, at least make it something you can quit and restart like immediately. Like even when they remastered it, they didn't change that aspect of it. And that's to me, that was the worst part of it. And, you know, there are some people I've seen this argument been being thrown around that say that it's more the the jankiness of the controls in that is like it's endearing it's retro it's you know blah blah blah. i don't care what anyone <laughs> says the freaking controls on that are so oh, it's jacked up and terrible it's not it's not even i i don't know i just who it like stupid. to me let me let me say that like if if you're riding a chocobo outside the mini game it's charming if you're riding it inside the mini game where precision matters, <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely infuriating. Uh, another game that people always always shit on is uh, the the lightning, the, the Thunder Plains lightning dodging uh, in Final Fantasy yep. X. Which I'll be fair, um, there's a certain area in the Thunder Plains where like the lightning's like kind of guaranteed to strike you. So you can you can outmaneuver that one. Like if you know that if you know where you need to be, you know, all you gotta do is like wait for like two seconds, lightning will come down, you dodge it, go back to that same area, lightning will come down, you dodge it, so on. But if you're anywhere else in the in the Thunder Plains and you're waiting at random, yeah, that can definitely be infuriating. It's I I hated it. And I didn't I didn't really look up anything about tricks to do it i tried to just legitimately do it without <laughs> looking anything up and that's let me tell you that's not something you should do no it's not fun um i think I, I did it once legitimately like i've i think i've gotten that particular challenge taken care of three three out of my four playthroughs um and like the first time i did it like completely legitimately like in a random spot where i completely had to wait for it and God, I, I think I strained the hell out of my eyes when I was like fucking eight or nine because uh, I did that shit in the dark like at nighttime when I wasn't supposed to be playing games. So I was like concentrating on the th- like it, it was like watching a horror movie in your parents' rec room when you think that nobody's around, but you're expecting to get caught still. Um, <laughs> so it's, a, it's definitely a lot easier if you know where you're supposed to go to avoid to avoid that shit. But I don't know. I think Square Enix in general, like I, I love so many of their games, but they make the most annoying mini games. I can agree with that. They've got some of the worst mini games. And I, like I think it was 
I covered this in Ranter Rave a little while ago, but the the jump roping in Final Fantasy IX, like I haven't even, I don't even have the heart to attempt it like earnestly, because I know it's gonna be fucking heartbreaking for me. <laughs> it's such an anno- and it's not even like a good attempt at a mini game either. It's just like who wants to freaking jump rope in a in a game? You know, you can. It's just why it's yeah. quirky. And the but... bitch of it is like. You know, at least with the Chocobo racing, like, at least you get a fucking sigil for your ultimate weapon, which, you know, makes it all worthwhile. But literally, like, all you get for Final Fantasy IX's jump roping is, like, oh, hey, let's give you, like, a medallion or a pendant or some bullshit that, you know, doesn't do anything. It's just like, hey, look at this. I jump roped. <laughs> and also a trophy, which, you know, for me that's is kind of... That's what you care about. Yeah, that, that's kind of heartbreaking for me because you know a casual gamer you know might not have a reason to do this i very much have a reason to do it and i'm probably never going to uh after all that negative talk about bad mini games i feel like i gotta talk about one that was actually good to me which uh so i was actually a pretty big fan of call of duty the original call of duties the ones that were in world war ii modern warfare and black ops the one I'm referring to, or the mini game I'm referring to for this segment, uh, is from Black Ops, and so people were kind of blown away whenever they figured out that you know it's got a really good main menu. The game's got an awesome, iconic main menu where basically your dude, the game starts, and before you even go into the menu, you, your dude's strapped to an interrogation chair, and all of the uh, menus for like multiplayer campaign or whatever, they're on televisions in front of you, like retro, you know, 70s, 80s, black and white televisions. And that's how you select what area of the game you want to go in. Well, people found out that if you like squeeze the triggers on the controller, like back and forth really fast, your character, his arms would actually like shake in the chair to, and you could like loosen the bonds on your arms and you could get up from the chair in the main menu and you could walk around in the main menu (laughs) and what they noticed really quick was once you turned around behind your chair and to the right there was a terminal or a console and you could go over and you could type on it and you could type anything on it so there were all that was kind of like cheat codes people found out commands that you could put in and one of them let you unlock this mini game called dead ops arcade and I loved this mini game. It was so cool. And it was partially because, I don't know, I thought it was fascinating or cool that they had a main menu that involved. But the mini game itself is actually seriously fun. You can play it multiplayer. So you can invite your friends in. It's like up to four people. And it's a twin stick top down shooter that's kind of based loosely on like the zombie mode that they've got in there. But anyway, it's like a really retro arcade game where you're like running around and basically just trying to rack up as many points. There's power-ups that give you like different weapons. They can you can like nuke the entire screen. It's just like an old school arcade game. Super fun and really a really good reprieve from the main game if you're just feeling burnt out on burnt out on Call of Duty. So, I loved that mini game. I thought it was really cool and they hadn't really done anything like that um, up until that point. And so, yeah, it's kind of become a little bit of a staple among the community. Uh, it was a really cool Easter egg slash mini game. Yeah. So I think I think PS2 did a better job at having those kind of Easter eggs that would generally, well, not generally, but a lot of the times would kind of take, like, manifest themselves as like mini games. I don't know. One one of my favorite mini games that I've kind of 
picked up on recently. Uh, <laughs> I think I think it's funny that it's two different games, but essentially the same mini game. Uh, fishing, of all things, like I I hate fishing in the real world. Like I've never caught a fish. I think it's a colossal waste of time. And like the few times that I've been dragged into it, I just kind of fucking fall asleep doing it. Um, but Persona Five and Final Fantasy Fifteen uh, both have fishing mini games. Both have pretty decent prizes or rewards or you know different things that you can di- different things that you can get from playing these games and they're just fun to me i don't i don't know why it is it's just it's interesting i, I know you've played both of them what, what were your thoughts on them i mean i liked them the one that sticks out most i mean most recently for me is final fantasy 15's uh fishing and that's because i had a hard time getting you i don't really know why but it was difficult really difficult for me to get used to it um as you can have different rods different reels lines lures or whatever really that just the durability was the problem you know you have to go left and right based on which way the fish is going and sometimes they'll jump and you have to like quickly input a command to keep them on the line my problem was i would always run out of a durability because i wasn't getting good enough line or whatever so once i got used to it yeah it kind of became addicting i kind of liked it a lot and there were trophies for it and all that oh yeah you definitely you you had me at trophies um yeah i I, yeah i don't know but even even without the trophies though that shit was just fun to do to me uh like 15 for example the different the different bait the different rods and reels um Man, they had some huge fucking fish. Like, some of those, it took, like, 20 or 30 minutes to reel in. Like, literally 20 or 30 minutes of in the real world. And it was still fun to me somehow. Like, that... like They were intense. Yeah, like, my heart felt like it was beating because, like, you know, I'm spending all this time trying to reel in a fish and it might actually get away. And, yeah, I mean, I think they did a really good job at that. And I, I think I can agree with you. I mean, it's weird to think that fishing in a game would be fun. Uh, and that's not because I don't enjoy fishing in real life. It's just, it's such a, it's weird. Uh, but Final Fantasy fifteen in particular, like you said, some of those fish were monsters. And you would say, I mean, it was intense. It was stressful. You'd be sitting there and really, I mean, I remember in particular, there, there was one for a trophy. And it was super hard to catch. I don't remember what the name was, but I'm sure that you know what I'm talking about. I couldn't, I didn't remember it being for a trophy. Like, I, I definitely remember you got to get to level 10 fishing to get a trophy for Noctis. But, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me either way. I Either way, I took care of it because I platinum that a while back. But I mean, there was just a beast of a fish that you had to catch. Yeah, and at the uh, at the place where you meet uh, Dino, I think. Perhaps. I just, I don't remember. I just remember that this was, this was super intense for me because I had jacked up a little bit and my durability had went down to like almost a sliver. <laughs> and I was like, I am not going to lose this. Cause I've been trying to catch this thing for probably about an hour or an hour and a half. I was just like, I'm going to do this. And it was the most stressful thing ever. I was sitting here with like barely any durability left on my line, just like palms sweaty sitting here. Like, Knees hyper focused, arms heavy, arms heavy. Yeah, I mean it was intense. Uh, on your sweater. No, I didn't get to that point. But 
anyway, yeah, it was a really good mini game. I enjoyed it a lot. Glad yeah. you mentioned that. There was uh, it, it's funny. Did you ever do the uh, like Assassin's Creed Festival or the Chocobo Festival? Like those festivals nah. in 2015. So they they actually had like, you know, they had a lot of shit that was just like, oh, buy mega potions with these tokens or you know blah blah blah. Um, but they actually had some like exclusive um, event only items, including like certain reels, certain rods, certain. Uh, well, I don't think they had any exclusive bait, but you know some of that like skins or not skins, but like armor or headgear or whatever it was. You know they had they had a ton of different items. Um, I guess you could consider those mini games themselves ish, but. I was hyped for them just because I wanted to get those exclusive items and like the, uh, the rod and reels, like they weren't even the best. Like you could get a better one in the main game. But for me, it was just all about having like these different, uh, these different tools for my favorite mini game. Yeah. So exactly. Anyway, moving on. I think that I think we've probably got time for one more. And I'm not sure out of you have any of these that we've got left that maybe looks more interesting to you than the others. Uh, the one to me probably. Uh, so I've never played. I've never played Red Dead Redemption, um, but I am familiar with Liar's Dice, and I you know if you if you've ever seen the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie you're familiar with it or you know if you're familiar with dice games in general you're probably familiar with it that would be a fun game liars dice is a fun game in real life too yeah but red dead red dead implemented it pretty well people really i mean because it's a rockstar game rockstar games generally have really good uh, mini games like grand theft auto's got hundreds of mini games in their open world uh, structures so in Red Dead, yeah, Liar's Dice, it's a gambling activity. Um, basically, without getting too deep into it, you know, it's played with two or more players. Each person has a cup, and they start with five dice. And the game starts uh, by choosing a player who will be the first to bid. And then after selecting that player, first round begins by all the players picking up their cup, which has five dice in them, shaking them, and then they slam the cup upside down onto the table uh, concealing all the dice and then you can look at your dice and contemplate the probability of like all the dice on the table and yeah there's it's just it's gambling you're basically betting on what you're and it's basically like uh you gotta say like you gotta say like you got something higher than your opponent or something like that and your opponent could call you out for being a liar uh if i'm if i'm if i'm not mistaken yeah like if, like if we did it i you know i could be like i've got one three you could be like i've got two twos i could be like i've got three threes you know yeah you can raise you can raise the bid you can call a bluff or you can declare the bid as being spot on and yeah it's it's just it's gambling (laughs) gambling is fun gambling is fun in a game (laughs) pokemon silver gold and you know yes (laughs) funny we came full circle as we close out the main segment and it's both on gambling. Yes, basically what you should take from this episode is the best mini game is gambling. I think <laughs> so, so. What a what a fruitful episode this has been. <laughs> yes. Hey, judge, do you hear that? What's that? 
Wow, that was the angelic. most odds, <laughs> angelic and odd-sounding bird I've heard. <laughs> oh, it's that time, it's and that you know time. it's that time because we've went full stupid. So, <laughs> welcome to the end of the show. We're glad you've made it. We hope you enjoyed the main topic. We're going to talk you through a name of shame and a phrase of praise this week. Okay, so, for this week, the name of shame is, and I gotta say, I kinda admire this. This is a pretty solid effort at politicking. Politicking? Politicking. The name of shame is Donnie K for mayor. <laughs> you know, either someone was really dedicated <laughs> to wanting to be mayor, or, or I, I really can't supporter. think of... Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any other reasoning for why you'd want to make your gamer tag something like Donny K for mayor. But, you know, maybe they're really savvy and they realize that the best way they can reach their voters is through video games. In this oh, yeah. case, Overwatch. They got the they got the UFO. Actually, they might lose their voters, though, if they're shitting all over their, their constituents. <laughs> Get good, son. <laughs> well, I'm not going to... Donny K seemed like a very <laughs> respectable fellow. He didn't send any bad messages to us. He didn't do anything bad. He's probably a great mayor. I don't doubt one bit that he actually won his election. Oh no, not 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 at all. He, I'm sure he has tons of uh, free time for Avid that. Avid supporters. But yeah, I kind of want to do some research into Mr. Donny K. I'd it would, like it to would see help if, he if we knew did. what the K was. Donny K, if you're listening, tell us your story. We want to hear it. At realpodgehodge.net, <laughs> Twitter, or... Wait, realpodgehodge.net? It's just podgehodge.net. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> at realpodgehodge on Twitter, that's our handle, or contact at podgehodge.net. We'd love to hear your story. Speaking of that, our, our Twitter, I, I can't really tell what's going on with it right now, because we... We're either getting tons of traction or we're getting nothing. Yes, we we got a little bit of attention recently due to uh, your recognition of... Shout out to Ian Alexander. Yes, of Ian Alexander for Trans Visibility Day. Yep, we're like so. 380 likes in on that. And yep, that and is... we gained one or two followers. <laughs> <laughs> that is the extent of our... Reach pretty. I don't know. Our influence. Yes, our reach. That's definitely. It was definitely a red letter day. I will say that. Yes. All right. Phrase of praise. Phrase. How would you? How would you like to praise me today? In quite an interesting way, I will tell you. (laughs) What would you? What would you say to Donny K for mayor? Well, if I had the opportunity to talk to such a virtuous and respectable man, I would say. Humble me, daddy. Oh, fuck yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> it's humble me, daddy. We won't, we'll, we'll leave that up to your imagination. This we is, may explain this someday. This is a PG-rated program on a mature-rated platform. I don't know. We don't want to be too edgy. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're, I like to think we're pretty edgy. Cutting edge, I would say. I wouldn't go that far. Ah, well. Are you out there? (laughs) (laughs) 
Is anyone out there? Oh, God. Every show. Okay. <laughs> Every show. Every show we plead to you to let, let us know that you exist. Okay. This, this is getting weird. So, <laughs> go ahead and say, we are going to declare the seventh episode of Podchodge done. We've had a lot of fun. We love you all, I think. Maybe. Can we, can, sure we give we them, can we give them some uh, bohemian throat swaddling to, to, to call to raps? We can't make that. Shit. We've already exhausted that option. No, 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 no. No such thing. If you would like to hear some, if you would like to hear some bohemian throat swaddling, go to at Podhodge on Twitter and let us know. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> do it. We're glad you joined us. We'll see you next next week. See ya. See ya.